Hey folks! Welcome back. Welcome back to Monster Baby, a curious romp through the worlds of mindfulness and improvisation. Indeed. That is Ted DeMaison. And this is Lisa Rowland that and you're hearing over there. We are your hosts. And this episode is, it ended up being kind of all about chaos. Yeah. Or the, or the tension between chaos and order. Yes. When, if you're feeling like your life is a, just a massive swirling black hole of chaos... Then you know how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> and this episode may be for you. If you feel like your life is neatly tucked and buttoned in crisp rows... Then this episode may be for you. Might be for you. Uh, you never know. Yeah. Um, and you're going to find out that Lisa and I inhabit... Or at least I inhabit different, different parts, parts of these worlds of the at different spectrum. times. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, different comfort zones, and we just explored a little bit about what we get from each. Yeah, from each different, from the chaotic bit and the and the more ordered bit, and and where they show up in our lives and, and, and in our teaching. Yeah, and what it's like to be a student with these kinds of patterns. Yeah, and and how and how mindfulness can change the relationship to chaos. I, I really enjoyed. Which I'm excited to explore more. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed. It felt like there were a couple times in this episode where each of us kind of got a little quieter, and we slowed down and found some new insight. Like, ooh, I want to explore that more. And then there were other times where we were kind of bouncing back and forth and yeah. doing a little more rapid fire. Yeah. So that was cool. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. So it was pretty interesting. Yeah. Pretty good. Uh, so we hope you li- we hope you like it. And um, let us know. Yeah, uh, we'll tell you at the end we'll how to get end. in touch with us. Yeah. But uh, if you jot down notes and keep a very crisp outline, <laughs> no, let it, let it come, whatever, whatever happens. Whatever happens. Uh, but thank you so much for joining us, and we really hope you uh, you enjoy the lesson. Yeah. Later. Do you want to do a warm-up? On the count of three, let's hear your name. One, two, three. Lisa. Oh, great. Okay. Uh, on the count of three, let's have your zodiac sign. One, two, three. Sagittarius. Great. Okay. And on the count of three, um, a noise you might make if you saw a unicorn walk in front of you on a roadway. What the fuck? Yeah, great. Great. Okay, I think we're warm enough. Okay, <laughs> it feels pretty warm. WTF? Is that really the sound you'd make if you saw a unicorn? Yeah, I think I might. I'd be like, no, I wouldn't do that. I don't think you would. (laughs) I think I would swear. I think I'd say, holy shit. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And I'm picturing the unicorn doing a double take. Like, really? You have to swear when I, you you finally say unicorn? You have to swear. Can you give me like a, oh my God. That's interesting that you're placing a, like a, an opinion on the unicorn about swearing. As the unicorn, yes. Because I think unicorns are like, I don't think of them as swearing. They're not, they're not centaurs. But do they, do they give a shit if somebody else <laughs> swears is my question? <laughs> like, I don't know. I think of them as like pure and snowy. Well, maybe there's a little bit of projection happening. Oh, do you think of me as pure and snowy? No, but I think that you are, you are, you are, it's the same way that, uh, I think you're anthropomorphizing a little bit or something. Oh, sure. Oh, yes. Anyway. Yes.
I think that we have no way of knowing what a unicorn's personality or perspective on swearing would be. Also, we don't know that a unicorn understands English. Okay. It's a magical creature. Doesn't it understand everything? If you want it to. Okay. Isn't it at least going to respond to rainbows? If we use a prism, send some light through it, put a rainbow in front of it, isn't it going to relax the unicorn? Relax the unicorn? (laughs) (laughs) I do not know, and I move that we carry on with the rest of the episode. (laughs) Oh my god. I'm liking checking out the unicorn. Okay. Yeah, the unicorn crossed in front. Was the unicorn terribly stressed out? It was. Was it like pretty Be- anxious? Because you swore at it. Because I swore at it. Now you're projecting. You get anxious when I swear at you. Unicorns don't. Unicorns don't give a shit. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> Do you feel like you need a little relaxation rainbow? I need a rainbow prism. You need a little rainbow prism to, to settle you? To settle my unicorn horn. I think that... That's the thing. The unicorns are always... Listen, Ted, if you need to settle your horn down, that you do that on your own time, Unicorns right? are always horny. Just think about that. Well, then why'd they go extinct? I, I, didn't, I didn't mean horny that way. Oh, okay. They're just always... They have a horn. Um, anyway. Anyway. Whew. <clears throat> okay, that's our warm-up for today. Are you sure? This is our riff. Our riff up. <laughs> riff up. Um... Well, okay, so welcome welcome back, everybody, Yeah. <laughs> to episode 10. It's been a while. I believe, 10, episode 10 of Monster Baby Podcast. Yeah, and um, we, for a number of reasons, we haven't uh, put out a podcast. Yeah, it's been a long time. I feel like uh, maybe more than a month. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and so the, so the reasons for that, we, Ted and I find... Interesting, dear listeners at home, and so we wanted to uh, explore those because they, in private mindfulness, may have some, they they may have some echoes in those worlds. Yeah, and and there were some interesting things that happened because it wasn't for lack of trying. That no, we didn't. We didn't. So have a podcast. I was in for the first for uh, two weeks of our absence of our of our month long hiatus. I was in Germany teaching improv. She was in Germany. I was in Germany. She was teaching the Germans. Yeah, in Wiesbaden, in Frankfurt, in München, Berlin, and in Berlin, and it was awesome. And that is, and then for the second two weeks, I was completely off the grid at Girl Scout camp up in the woods. Um, sans electricity let alone an internet connection <laughs> so there was no recording to be done but we did try to do a podcast in germany when i was in staying in frankfurt yeah you were in frankfurt and i was in new york city you were in new york city doing a dot b training in manhattan dot b being a mindfulness for teenagers curriculum mm-hmm. and so i was training teachers on how to teach mindfulness to teenagers so we actually thought it was quite a nice uh set of circumstances that I was off in Germany teaching improv. Ted was in New York teaching mindfulness. We would do this podcast on, you know, kind of coming from coming from these places steeped in our our respective disciplines right. and she, meet in the middle. She's teaching improv in Europe, and I'm teaching mindfulness on the East Coast. <laughs> and it was so cosmopolitan. Yeah, it was. It was very, very cosmopolitan. And we had a connection for a while, but we ran into a bunch of technical difficulties. So it was like fits and. Starts Which up. is what it felt like, right? Like yeah. we, our conversation, we decided we were going to talk about story, which mm-hmm. is maybe something that we'll end up talking about sure. on another set of podcasts. But uh, we started and we got about 20 minutes in, but then we kind of 
the connection lost and we had to call back and then we started up again with like the next point that we wanted to cover. Right. But then it fell off again and the connection was lost. And so we ended up with all of these. We talked for probably an hour and a half. I, I think at least, yeah. But in these little these little segments. And at one point, we actually had to turn off the video and we just talked via audio. Yeah, this was all Skype. recorded Skype. Recorded a Skype call. And so that was interesting too because we lost the visual connection and in our conversation. Yeah. Um, so there was, there was the part about the literal technical connection. There was the part about the visual emotional connection, but we also tried a little experiment with that conversation where we had it a little bit more planned out what ideas we wanted to hit and what sequence we wanted to roll through. It was an outline. We had an outline. And at the end of the, and we hit most of the things on the outline. We did. And ultimately, what what Ted did was he went back and he edited this thing together. And we thought, maybe it's still salvageable. Let's kind of put it together and Check see it if out. it sounds like, yeah, see if it's worth putting out. But w- we knew right away that it felt a bit disjointed and not quite as satisfying and not as free-flowing. It was not a curious romp. Didn't feel like a curious romp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what did you say earlier? What did you call it? I called it a goose step. It was less of a romp and more of a goose step. Locked in formation. Locked in formation, hitting the points. We hit all of the all of the bullet points on our on our on this list, but it was for me, not only was the was the process frustrating, but the but the product was frustrating because I felt like we together didn't go anywhere that we didn't expect to go. It was like, ah, now we'll talk about what we believe in story. We both kind of already knew what we were going to talk about and we said it and then we moved on to the next point and then we said that. And so it felt very inorganic to me. Right. And I'm like, listen, if I want to write an essay, I'll go write an essay. But like, that's not why I do this. Like I want to go, I want this to go to uncharted territory and I want to be surprised. And I realized I, on a maybe side note, this is also how I like to travel is like, I mm. want something unexpected to happen. I don't want to know exactly what every day is going to hold. I like to follow the random things that come up as opposed right. to, as opposed to like hitting all the things in the guidebook, yeah. which is, which can be scary because you don't know, like if I realized this a while back on a, on a trip to New Zealand, where like, if my definition of success is that something unexpected happens, then, then until it does, I have failed. <laughs> Right, like, because right. you can't, right? You can, because you don't see it coming. So there's no like, oh, you know. I mean, there's other things that you want to do and that you choose to do and whatever. But like, my thing with adventure is like, you're not sure what's going to happen, and you are off the beaten trail, and it, and you go someplace that you you don't know what the outcome is going to be like. And you get surprised. You get surprised, and but you don't see surprise coming is by definition, and so. Although you do kind of have to set yourself up for it by leaving empty space. Yeah. Right. And so that was an interesting. And there's like a trust that has to be there. Right. That, that something will come up. Right. So we we've got that, and, and so we'll get more into this in our conversation here. I think coming back to this uh, decision about that conversation we were having on that attempt at a podcast yeah. episode. Um, that I I like to have a little bit of organization in mind. I sort I felt the same way that we had didn't have that free flow and part of what we've been enjoying is that adventure of like what are we discovering in yeah. this conversation? And 
I like to have a little bit of outline to think, well, what's the logical flow and what's going to make sense for the listener and have a bit of a skeleton to then add the flesh on the surprising flesh. Yeah. Um, but in that case, it felt like it was, it was more skeleton it was and not enough. Like a little oppressive. Yeah. Yeah. Or, I mean, may, and right, we don't know exactly what it was that led that episode to be unsatisfying, whether it was like the stopping and starting and therefore we could never pick up momentum in our conversation. Right. Or whether it was... Or whether it was the out, having the outline, but I felt like even at the end, when we had hit all the things on our outline, I was like, this is not not why I do this. Felt lifeless. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 So here we are. We did not publish that we podcast. We did not publish that podcast. We could have. And Ted spent a lot of time yeah. edit, like putting it together. Yeah. Uh, but it felt like... Sounded decent, but, uh, you know, we didn't like it. We have a higher bar than sounded decent. Ah, uh, yes, we do. I think. Yes, we do. Yeah. Yes, we do. So, but it was tricky because it was it was a little painful to, for me, I, you know, I didn't want to go that long. I was like, oh, I want to get something out there. Yeah. But to trust and to be patient and to trust that you would still be with us, dear listeners. Yeah. Um, this far into it. So. And it, I, yeah. And it's, so, which I think comes, brings this interesting thing, which is, which is control versus discovery. Right. Or, you know, uh, uh. Or it's like, how much do you try to engineer discovery? Can you? Right. And like, how much scaffolding do you need? Like, right. what are the constraints that you need to, yeah. to discover within? Right. Because if it's just like, I don't know, let's start the mic and see what happens. We could try that sometime. <laughs> just start right. the mic and then figure out what we're going to talk about as we're talking. Um. My guess is that would include a lot of dross that would be... What is dross? Like... Uh, like debris? Like... Just extra... Extra... Unworth, unhelpful stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? But it's like, in that you never know what's going to be helpful. Like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's... Yeah. Yeah. Right? So, and... and, and How much can you engineer? We've played with this a little bit in that this is... Uh, we know about these preferences that you and I have. Or at least leanings towards a starting point yeah and uh yeah so what what is a healthy amount of chaos right and what is there such a thing as too much chaos if you're trying to or, discover or yeah you know, or is it a matter of your too much chaos is not my too much chaos that's right right so when we say is there such a thing as too much it's like well according to who yeah on who on whose spectrum yeah because mm -hmm. i think that there is uh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's a, it's it's highly subjective. Right. Um. It's cool, but so here we are. So, <clears throat> uh, one of the things, that, one of the reasons I love improv so much is what we talked about with that shared control piece mm -hmm. of, I don't know, what's going to happen. Yeah. I have no idea. Right. What's going to happen? And I can't know. Um, and yet, to go into an improv scene or a musical piece that had no shape or form to it uh, might be interesting, and some pattern might emerge down the road, but it's like, uh, that would be tiresome for me. Right? So I'm thinking of like... As a player or as an audience member? Both. Yeah, as a player, I'd be like, "Where's the traction?" Oh God, I'd be so. I see. I think it's so exciting. 
Well, because I, it could be anything, right? Like, like if think, you. Yeah, I think we're talking about different things, though. So, because when you step onto an improv stage, you've got the scaffolding of all of the agreements about how we play. You know. Like, oh well, yeah. I mean, it's not like a newborn baby in a world that's just full of like color and light. Right. So that's what sound. that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Oh. Right. So, for example, sometimes one of my colleagues with the mindfulness training. Uh, will lead an optional thing in the evening where she has all these percussion instruments. And it's when it works, it's magical because everybody's just locked in and we get into a groove, we find a rhythm together, and you get all these different accents and sounds, people filling pockets with different... And if it doesn't work, it's just com the Total complete chaos. chaos. And it's painful. Yeah, It's like, I don't want to be in this room right now because right. this is... Uh, yeah. You know, it's constitutionally disturbing. Yeah. Um, that's the kind of chaos I'm talking about. But if we if we have some rules about okay, find an empty space, move into that, right? Listen to each other. You don't have to be making noise all the time, right? You can change. You know, you can some basic set of agreements. That's right. Yeah. Then we can step into this unknown of like I don't know what's going to. We've each got an instrument, but I don't know what's going to happen. Right. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but but. Like, so so. here's a difference that I've noticed in our teaching. Great. Is I feel like if we were to lead that, I'd be like, come in whenever you're inspired. And you'd be like, we're going to go around the circle and you're going to come in one at a time. Like, in order. You know, so that you know when you're going to come in. Mm. And you know when it's your turn. Or maybe there's like a set timer or you point. Or like, right, like controlling right. the way that it happens. And I think that a great example of, of the, the differences between us is that I'd be like, we'll see, maybe two are going to come in at the same time and maybe they'll clash a little bit. Maybe mm -hmm. we'll see what happens then. Right, right. And maybe it'll be ugly for a while and then maybe we'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. And there's that extra bit of like, I don't know, it might be a total train wreck that I kind of like. Mm. I kind of like that mm -hmm. it might be a total train wreck. Um, do, would you agree with that? Yes, ex yes. There was one thing that I would change is that I wouldn't, I don't think, well, I don't want to use the word control. That you said that I would control it. Well, that okay. Would, so the word that I would use is something like set up or yeah. take care of, take care of or en enable or yeah, yeah, yeah. foster. Or, yeah. So, but okay, great. So how do you consider when we do three word at a time poems, which is an exercise where everybody's in a circle and you, everybody has a paper in front of them and do the first three words of a poem and then pass the paper to the left. Right. And when I teach this, I'm yeah. like, pass it when you're done. Yep. When you've added your three words, pass it to the left and there might be a little backup or a bottleneck right. or there, you know, and if there is, that person will get through with them and pass yep. them on. And when Ted teaches it, when you teach it, you wait, everybody holds their paper and then there's a time when we all pass it. Right. Which a syn I, synchronized time. A synchronized time. We all pass it. Which feels like control to me. <laughs> that, like, this is a great example. This is a I great love example. example. Yes. And, and, right, and I think that this, it is a good example because I'm like, so it'll get a little messy and there'll be a bottleneck and that person will realize that they should go a little faster and that's okay. Yeah. Right? That there is some natural feedback or consequence that right. we get and we figure out what part we play in the circle, in the groups. Yes. And we adjust accordingly and like, that's okay. Like, it's okay. And so what's good what's good about that? Tell me because I want to I want to say in a minute what I think the good things of my way are. What are the what are the benefits to doing it your way? That's a great question. Other than I like it better? Right. Um 
I feel like it falls under the... What are the good... I don't... I like it better. I just like it better. You just like it better. Yeah. I think your way... It just feels like... It just let it happen. Flow. It all just is going to happen. Keeps like, the flow going for... If I've got... Here, it's, here it is. I just go and give me the next one and I'm ready to go. Yeah. Um, the way that I do it... The reason I do it the way I do it... Yeah. There's a couple. Uh, one is... I don't want someone to have a backlog because I don't want them to feel stressed because I feel like the stress gets in the way of the creativity. Uh-huh. The the feeling of like, I'm not good enough or I'm too slow, especially coming out of teaching in a high school setting Yeah, where when we're writing, we're writing a poem, people often snap into this like, shoot, it's school, I'm not good enough. Right. So I want to give them space like, I push them a little bit. I say, okay, we're going to pass in three seconds. You know, but like everybody's got it. So we've got that. That's one benefit. Yeah. Just to ease that stress. The other is that everybody stays involved. If I've passed three or four because I'm so fast, I'm now waiting. You're waiting the same amount of time. And I'm a bit, and I often am going to check out of this energy field, for lack of a better word. Maybe I'm going to start chatting to the person next to me because we're both done. And that causes a disruption to the You can't both be done because if the person to your right is done, then they've passed you a paper and you've got something to do. Right. Right? I mean, it's like... If they're waiting, let's say they're waiting on somebody. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I just feel like... So this is is what I'm saying, though. Yeah. It's okay that we disagree. Right, right, right. But I'm saying this is what I think of as a benefit. Yeah, and and they are. They totally are. And that it keeps people present in a different way. Yeah. Now, there's also, the, the downside is, there's a little bit of frustration, like, okay, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to pass this along. Let's keep it moving. Yeah. I also like... It's interesting. I like, I, it's, like, I don't know exactly what my... Like, I think I just like messiness, because... Yeah. Because, surpri- like, surprise comes from that. You know, there's like... So what if you do go get a little stressed out and go a little faster, mm-hmm. and like... Great, so great, you know, or like different people back up at different times, and it all we all make it, we all make it, yeah. you know, it all just kind of come comes out. There's like a variety of experience in that, yeah. and that's interesting. And like things can hit people at different times, and it, you know. Here's another. Have you ever seen it? Have you ever done that, and had people get out of order? No. <clears throat> I have. Like, like. Oh, I'll just take that one because I'm I'm ready to go. So I'll take the next one. Right, right, right. And then you lose the order of who's gone, and so you don't get contributions from everybody in the yeah, same so, way. Yeah. So and there's part of me that's like, yeah, I wouldn't put I wouldn't design it that way, but yeah. it doesn't bother me as much, yeah. right? It like there's a little bit of confusion, but it all makes it through, and the and the result of the confusion that that happens because we're not all like kind of lockstep going through the process not goose stepping not not goose stepping (laughs) is like yeah they're all they're they're a little bit different and they have different energies associated with them and that's okay with me you know but it does mean that like not everybody is gonna feel just the same at just the same time you know what i mean like it's not as protected and i totally see your points yeah um and i i get it and i like it i mean i like I, i i can get behind it yeah um, One of the things I love about this is that partly since we've been hanging out together in the last whatever number of years, yeah, I feel like I 
I occupy this category of like a more controlled, focused, determinant, whatever thing, yeah. Yeah. thing. And like for most of the people in my life, I am so not that. <laughs> I'm like the guy who's like, I'm going to keep my options open. I'm going with the flow. I don't need an answer. Right. It's okay. Right. We're fine. <laughs> with everybody else, and with you, I'm like Mr. Goose Stepper. <laughs> <laughs> like there's something about the comparison that makes this look this way. But like you know, you've done Myers Briggs, right? Yeah. Yeah. So this ty- kinda, yeah. a typology test, you know, the last letter is either P or J, perceiving or judging. And P folks tend to be like, oh, leave my options open. I'm just gonna explore the chaos and see what happens, and tend to be a little bit messier in their homes and that sort of thing. And J is like crisp folks who like things on time they show up on time they leave on time they, yeah they know exactly how many ingredients are supposed to be in the recipe or, right you know they right, don't right. wing it they just follow yeah and you know i'm a j you're a p according to those myers briggs but yeah. i used to be a j i mean i used to be a p you can change yeah oh i can change that's john Lennon's song <laughs> um people change it a little bit and i used to be more extroverted too wow when I took the course on Jungian psychology, everything flipped. It was like, going inward, baby. Wow. Yeah, I was ENFP before that, and then I became INFJ. You can change introversion and extroversion? Yes. Yeah. Well, I think I, what happened was I became more myself. Oh. Right? So when I was a teenager, I was like... You thought you were putting something on? I was kind of acting on. in ways, yeah. And I was like... You know, and I, but I don't know what was it that shifted. I was more ambitious when yeah. I was in high school and yeah. early college. Uh, I was more. I don't know that I was more social because I didn't have a lot of friends in high school, but I just did a lot more stuff out in the world, and I took this course in Jungian psychology, which Myers Briggs was a part of that, and it really shifted my lens so that I was spending more time checking out what was going on internally. And after that course, I became INFJ. Mm-hmm. And I think since then, I've become much more introverted. Most people who meet me can't believe I'm an introvert. Mm-hmm. Because I love to perform and I love to teach. Right. I'll get up in front of a room or I'll talk to anybody. Yeah, but I feel, yeah. Right? Yeah. It's just like misunderstanding. I'm, I'm a friendly introvert. Yeah, and you're not, you're an outgoing introvert. Like you're not shy. I'm not shy. And shyness I'm, and introversion are different. That's right. Yeah. And most people don't. Know that. Don't know that. I think that reserved is, right? It's like, you're not yeah. reserved. You're like totally out there. Right. Yeah. So anyway, in, in many worlds, I'm not the, the straight lace, like we have to do it a certain way guy. Yeah. I'm the like, let's see what we get. And, and this was true in divinity school and business school too. So I went to business school first and there I was the guy who was always asking, wait, why are we doing this? What's the purpose? Uh-huh. What's the aesthetic of this? Can we can we slow down? You know, let's is take this some, in business school? This was when I was at business school. Uh-huh. I was like, let's let's talk about the process here. What, how are we doing what we're doing? Yeah. And when I went to divinity school, I was like, oh my god, can we get something done, please? Yeah. Can we just go? Can just we have go. can we have an action? Step? It was like too in too <laughs> introspective. It was too introspective, and we're like always noodling around, like in the flow, and like, come on, let's get something done. Yeah. Bang, bang, bang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I know I. I go both ways. <laughs> but in, in comparison to you, yeah. I magnetize towards you know, towards right. one. We play these different roles. 
And, and I also I'm trying I, to figure out if there's a context in which I am seen as this orderly one. You're right, and I cannot think of one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel like I've heard you talk about wanting, like, okay, we're ready to move here, ready to get for, going forward. What about like? Uh, I don't know if this is the same thing. I was gonna say like a new age. New agey. Yeah, I mean, I feel. Yeah. Woo, woo, okay. woo, kind of. Yeah. But that's not. I don't know. Is that? I, mean, I feel like I have that, some friends for whom I am much more that kind of the more like practical, reasoned, measured. Like, hold on, think about this. Like, have you budgeted? Do you know what you know? Like, like I, I kind of like. Wait, you ask somebody how you budgeted? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, wow. I, can, I can get really, I can get very realistic when faced with somebody who is like untethered. You know, uh-huh. like. I was like, I don't know, maybe I'm thinking about, you know, like, <laughs> selling my pressed leaf art. And I'm like, what? Can I come, like... Let me give you a tether. Let's get, let's get, you know, realistic. Mm. Mm. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, For whom are you a tether? For whom and when are you a tether? That's yeah, not... Yeah. Can't come up with it. Not easily. Not mm-hmm. easily. Would you like to be? I think I would like to be more. I think there's like, there are ways in which, yeah. Uh, yeah say more about that because if you like the chaos, the more chaotic style of discovery and allowing things to emerge, what's the appeal of, of the other side? The dark side. Well, because I think that there are like ways that things can be done um, I guess the, I guess, so this is actually this, I forget if we've talked about this on the podcast, but this tension that I have between connection and direction. I don't think so. And like connection being like connection to the moment, to the people in the room, to what this feels like now, what does this moment need? And direction meaning I have a plan, I have thought about why I want to do this and we're going to move through this, this moment to, because I, <laughs> because I know where we want to get to. Okay. And I am like very high on the connection piece so that I can get lost in a moment, in the moment and lose sight of where we're going and why we need to move through this to get there. Right. So it kind of is like analytical planning versus like, what does this feel like? And this sounds like the improvisational theater terms, color and advance. I guess so. So connection is kind of like hanging out in the space. Like what I'm paying attention to. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Right. So, uh, you know, once upon a time there was a a young girl. Okay, so I'm going to color. I'm going to say something about this girl. Yeah. Right, so... Yeah, painting the... So color is like painting the picture. She she likes to wear pants and run in the... And swing through the trees. Right. And... Uh, every day she'd have a scrape, a new scrape on her arm. And right. So, and all of that is color, and it's kind of exploring the moment instead of moving on to the to the next. Right. One. And then advance is like, okay, well, so what did she do? What's the thing that she right. did? Right. And the way this shows up in my life is that I'm like high on kind of like current enjoyment, and I like have a pretty good time all the time. But I, when you ask me like, well, what do you want to? do or like what's your ideal gig or what are you shooting for what do you want to be in two years or five years or one year or next month i'm like well i don't know it depends on what happens between now and then like it's it's so immediate my decision making so it's kind of hard to like 
I'm going, I'm going for something. I'm like right. moving in this direction. I'm putting things in place to get there. And that shows up in, in like my life planning. It shows up in my, in the way I teach often. It's like, you know, I kind of get the first four, four or five exercises lined up and then I'm like, and then we'll see what happens in the room. Hmm. And I think that I would, I could stand to take a page out of your book hmm. or out of a, out of more, more of a direction book of like, no, I've thought about it, and this is what I want to do, and then this is what I want to do, and then this is what I want to do, and not deviate from that because I'm having fun in this moment. Yeah, and as a... To try to try it on. Not to say a, that I would never deviate from... Well, as a skilled improviser, right? I mean, uh, Patricia Ryan Madsen says... It's funny because her books, the subtitle is, right? Don't prepare, just show up. Don't prepare, just show up. And she'll actually say, actually, you should prepare. Of course you should prepare. But then you should throw, you know, when you get there, you've done the preparation, now just be there. Yeah, now notice what the room is. Because <clears throat> something something totally different might be needed. That's right. If you show up with your attention. So I, I love having a sense of what arc I'm shooting for. Yeah. And okay, if I, if I want to end, if I want to land on this lesson or this thought or this experience I need to be 10 minutes before that I need to be at this point right and I also love it when things happen that are surprises yeah and that it's like yeah I came into this thinking I wanted to be at this point at you know at this lesson at this point but then we get into it and it's like you know we're not going to get there because right. something else has happened something right. else has been put in place and if we follow an outline too heavily too too strongly or too strictly or too whatever will never get to this completely different thing. And I think that I, and this is actually my like jam right now in terms of improv and teaching improv is like, it is all about discovery. That is what an audience pays to come see. Mm -hmm. That is what is exciting about doing it is that we get on stage not knowing what's there and we discover it. And I like doing that, but it does bring up this question of like, okay, so where is the discipline? You know, right? where is the direction? Where is the, like, what do you show up with yeah. in order to allow the discovery to happen? And also, what do you have to let go of in order to welcome in the discovery? You and the audience. What kinds of expectations or... Well, well yeah, I don't well, have control over what the audience does. But, but we, we trust that something will show up. Yeah. Right? I mean, I think that even though I, in a teaching setting, I might be angling for a certain rhythm or a certain thing at a certain time, like... On an improv show, like, no, I, I'm going to trust that discovery. Maybe some night it will be delightful and some night it will be a little convoluted or clunky. Mm -hmm. But some's going to be there. Yeah. And that is the point of it. As opposed to, wow, here's a story that was fully fleshed out and, you know, happened on stage. And I can see they hit all the points of a... Of a story arc and yeah. it came up flawlessly. And it's like... Yeah. I don't... I mean, I, I, it's funny because in terms of planning my life... Yeah. I'm... I think I'm much closer to where you are. Yeah, I think so too. You know, that I am trusting what's happening in a moment. I'm, I actually, almost on purpose, have, have given up planning. Uh-huh. Like, I don't have a five-year plan. Right. Do I think that gets in my way? Maybe. I think we have talked about this a little bit when we were talking we about have, aspiration yeah, yeah, yeah. and acceptance. Yeah. So But you know. but get in your way of what? Well, like it only gets in question. your way if you have a if you have somewhere you're sh you're shooting to be. Right. But if you don't, then it's like, oh, I hit this thing, then my way is 
then my way is is to sidestep it. My way changes, and that's by design. What I th- what I have noticed this week, and partly because you were away, is I don't need a plan. I do need, or at least want, someone who holds me accountable, mm-hmm. and or somebody that I'm doing what I do for. Mm-hmm. So when I was in a, a relationship for five years, part of my motivation in waking up every morning was to do right by my partner. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'm not just going to linger in bed. I want to I want to please her. I want to impress her. I want to be a good man. I want to be a good partner. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to get up and do some stuff. And if I started to get pulled into wasting time on a computer game whatever like no put this away this isn't you're not being a good partner Mm. and now that i'm not in a relationship and i'm living by myself and then when when you were away and especially when you were up at camp and we weren't talking i was like eh, eh, nobody's nobody will know if i do nobody will know if i do anything or not yeah and so i didn't have that drive that same drive i don't feel like i have the drive internally i'm not there are some people who are like must get up, must achieve, must... And I'm just astonished at those people. Yeah, me too. I've got a buddy who, who works at Microsoft and uh, for 25 years. I just marvel at his get up and go. Yeah. And he's always doing something. And he accomplishes amazing things in his family and in his personal life, his hobbies and his work. It's like incredibly accomplished. Um, I'm like, wow. I don't have that inner drive. <laughs> I know. I'd love to have it. But so I want... I want accountability. Yeah. I don't necessarily want a plan. Right. Because I do want to stay open to... No, absolutely. Like, I feel like you, yeah. the way, where you are in your life and the way you're living right now is very much welcoming in the unknown and uncertainty and ambiguity yeah. and not chaos. It doesn't feel chaotic. I, I, to me, your life doesn't seem chaotic. It's not like, oh, God, every which way, and I don't know which way is up. You know, it's, my life feels more chaotic. Yeah, maybe just because of the sheer number of things that are happening in it, or like well, that's partly by choice, commitments or whatever. Yeah, there's a certain stillness that I'm, that I aspire to and tend to. Yeah, it's like I'm purposely leaving open space, and I'm very lucky to be able to do that. Yeah, that I have the work I do can generate enough money, and that I, my living situation is such that I can afford to do that. And so I don't have tons of money, but I've got enough to, and I, I don't have children, and I don't have. Debt right. and I, you know, yeah, whatever. you're a free agent, free agent. So, um, but yes, but I do purposely cultivate open space yeah. so that I can have some stillness in receiving and meeting that, if not chaos, that uncertainty or that shifting tide pool. Yeah, yeah. you know. So that's that's an interesting. I was wondering where mindfulness was going to come into this conversation, and I th- I think this may be it. Like that, in order to meet the the chaos most creatively, yeah. inspirationally, that I want to have a cultivated, have cultivated a stillness, right, so that I can be ready for it, uh-huh. you know, or yeah, so I'm meeting it in a in a grounded place that is most resourceful. Yeah, I said that in a really weird way. Most resourceful. <laughs> My tongue didn't operate correctly huh? <laughs> in a way that's most resourceful. That's nice. I mean, it's it. The truth is, it's like the it's that stillness is what I have 
That's like my grow. It's very much my growing edge. Mm. Like, be willing to be quiet. And I'm getting better and better at it, but I'm have a long way to go. <laughs> I have a long way to go. Um, and I don't know whether my love of can. I mean, I think I do. Like, get. I kind of get. Like I ride this wave of like there is so much going on and it's so exciting. Like I really like that feeling, and I also like in my life I think that I'm most um, productive or efficient when there's like a lot going on because I have to be. Mm -hmm. And if I have a lot of space, it's like I'll sit around and do nothing all day. Right. If there's no, if there's nothing, you know, if there aren't any. Uh, yeah. Demands or requirements. Yeah, there. like, so having a lot going on helps me keep moving forward. Yes. Um, but I was going to say, I, maybe my love of chaos in terms of, like, teaching is simply de de um, kind of defensively holding on to what I'm, is familiar. Interesting. Could be. I, I, I for sure think that holding on too tightly to one or the other as a teacher... Yeah as a disservice to some of the students in the classroom mm -hmm. or the learning setting. Yeah. Because the folks who are comfortable with chaos will thrive, will love it, and will And is that, an, extra, is that an extroversion thing, right? Also, like sometimes I wonder right. if the way that I teach is very much geared toward the kind of person that I am. Right, but it will greatly unnerve those who 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 aren't familiar with that. Yeah. It's like if... If you don't put up a, any sort of schedule to give people an idea of like here's what our here's what we expect today to look like, those people who need that will will have a hard time paying attention. Right, and the thing is, like, I don't care. Like, yeah. I'm the kind of person where it's like I'll show up and I believe you got something for me, and I'll just to do, I'll go for That's it. Right. Like, I don't need to know what's coming when or what we're doing next or how it's. When you teach, do you give people a sort of an outline of what? No. Hell no. No, no. I mean, but, but it's because a lot of times I don't have... I'm, I'm like, if I give you an outline, you're going to expect class to go that way. Well, the, so I give the outline and the caveat. That this is what I'm planning and anything might change. That's right. So don't give it. <laughs> oh, no. Because I, we usually we do stick to it. Yeah. I yeah. mean, but like when, I'm like when I'm teaching improv, like what kind of outline do you need to give somebody? We'll break in the middle. What kind of outline? You don't need the outline. Well, what kind of what, outline what would saying, you want? In an improv class, what kind of outline do you want? I'd like to have a sense of uh, when are we when are we likely to take a break? Uh-huh. For lunch or for the bathroom. Yeah. Or, so I can, my bodily needs, I have a I like, know that they will be met. Okay, I can, I can wait another, oh, we're going to take a break in 10 minutes. I know that's coming, so I'm going to wait to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Versus if it's sort of this... It's just going to keep going. I don't know. Then I should probably go now because, you know, sort of figuring that out. Yeah. When's the best time to take a break? Right. And I know some teachers who just say, we're going to go straight through. If you need to use the restroom, you'd go do that. Right. Uh, I'd rather everybody do it at the same time. But, yeah. You know. Yeah. The, I mean, I often forget to take breaks. <laughs> like, this is like exactly... This is yeah. a beautiful example. Is like yeah. I am high connection, low direction. So it's like there are no decisions about what's going to happen when, but there should be. Like this is right. something that I should incorporate more. Well, and part of should, this not should that I'd like to incorporate more. Yeah. Um, 
you know, because I'm just like, I'll go and I'll be like, oh my God, it's been two and a half hours. We haven't stopped. Yeah, of course. Uh, let's take, we'll take a break, what yeah. is eight minutes? Good. Ten. Great. We'll take yeah. a break. When everybody's back, we'll start again. Like I don't, there's no, there's, it's relatively long structure, you would, but it, not necessarily because it's not by design always, you know, it's just, you would, it would be a trip to have you come on one of these dot B mindfulness for teens teacher trainings because it has to be real. I like, I'm paying attention to time so precisely because mm -hmm. there's so much information packed into four days of training and we have 10 lessons to go through and we teach the lesson as if this, the trainees were students. And then we talk about what was the lesson structure? How did you like the teaching? That sort of thing. And then we give them a chance to practice one of the exercises to leading one of the exercises. But I have to be like, boom, boom, boom. And of course, some things go longer, some things go shorter. I have to drop things out or I have to add things in. Yeah. But I am just like on it yeah. with the time. And I'm and if I'm doing the training by myself, super easy to do. And I can be completely improvisational because I know when I can come How in. To, and, yeah. you know. But the last training I did, I had two other people teaching with me. All sorts of variables tossed into the mix now. And like, okay... I don't want to interrupt them because I want to make them look good, but I'm aware of, okay, we're at this point in the lesson, yeesh, we're only a third of the way through the lesson and we've taken two thirds of the time, like, yeah, we got to get going. And yeah. Anyway, but I would be really interested to see what your experience of that would be like as a trainee okay. in there, yeah. whether you would feel... Like, oh my God, get me out of here. Or if it would be... I probably wouldn't, honestly. I yeah. mean, I, I think I think it'd be f fine. Yeah. It'd be really interesting. And when I do speech skills, I have to keep an eye on the time like that as well. It's like there's a lot about that. and you got to pack it in. And speech skills is, a, is one of the jobs that I do, teaching communication skills, kind of nonverbal communication skills in corporate, mostly corporate settings. And it's not improvisational. You're, you've got people getting up and doing a little... Little mini speech there are very specific critique. defined sections of the workshop that have to happen right. in order for all of it to get fit in. It's it's packed. It's like a very well well designed program. It's content that somebody else came up with, put together, laid out, and I deliver it. And so I like totally toe the line. Yeah. And I you know I know when a break is coming. I know like I it's. And you you enjoy that right? I like it. Yeah, I really like it. Do you feel boxed in? No. Because it is what it is. Yeah, because that's the nature of the beast. Mm -hmm. It's like it's like my natural state is like entropy, you know, is like is like it's already just like this like roiling. So I've got to work to like tame that. I've uh -huh. got to like the work that I have to do is like all right, okay, come on, like just stay focused, get the. Put it all together, comb it out, like detangle. I have to de. I, I need a detangler. I need a detangler for like my internal experience. You're, I'm thinking of your monster baby right now. My monster baby is like my monster baby is like crazy hair. On pig that pen piece. or like you know those. Uh, pig pen. You know those. This is what it is. You know those those books like Little Miss, uh, Little. Uh, little Miss Sunshine, Mister Grumpy, okay. Mister Worry. Do you know these little books? I don't know them. I'm thinking a little Miss Scruffy, but okay, go ahead. That is, do you, is that a book you know of, or no, did you just I make just that, made up? that up? Well, there's a book called Mr. Messy. Okay. And he is a pink scribble. And we're not talking about Lionel legs. Messi, the greatest soccer player. We're not in the talking world. about Lionel Messi now. Okay. Mr. Messi, he's like a he's like a little pink scribble, 
With with feet. With feet. <laughs> yeah. That's you. That's your monster baby. Yeah, and actually, the, I I want to say that the arc of the story is that um, he's he's messy. He's super messy. And then eventually he gets clean, and mm. he ends up being just a pink circle, like a solid pink circle Aww. with feet. But he's not... Is he happy? I don't think so, but maybe oh, that's just the lens projection. that I put on him. <laughs> he's not himself anymore. <sighs> he's lost his you've raw vitality. He's taken his essence away. That's funny, um, Mr. Messy. I'll have to look up the story and see. Yeah, you need a detangler. I Sometimes. I need, like, that's the work that I need to do is, like, no, like, get specific... Name it, know what you want to do, and stick to it. And like, like I could use some of that streamlining. Um, yes. I th- and I'm actually, the truth is that I am less stressed when that happens. You're less stressed when? When I, when I know what I'm going to do next and how it's going to go. Like, oh. I, it actually is, does feel like a gift to me. Okay. So there, there is an optimal level of chaos for me. Yeah. It's not just like... Okay, so since you've started doing... Meditation. Since yeah. you started meditating. I like it very much, yeah. Do you find that you have more capacity, that you can handle more chaos? Oh. I don't know. Yeah, or right, a better question. How has meditating affected your relationship to chaos, if at all? Well, I think that I get less lost in it. Yep. I get less sucked into the momentary kind of influences that like pass by me i must like um squirrel you know like the dog in up who is it up yeah squirrel Um, squirrel uh and i feel like you know i can Uh be a little bit add like so your attention your ability to focus yeah and like know what my purpose is and then do it like i get quiet Uh and that quiet helps me navigate navigate the world i think i'm thinking of like a, a boat trying to get through sea of flotsam and jetsam and like there's all this stuff floating in the water like do you get distracted by what's in the water right or do you just like stay on course yeah there's this great video that we showed at the dot b training yeah. we we're talking about puppy training training the mind uh and so we use this analogy the mind is a, has this uncontrollable animal-like tendency and it tends to wander sniff things out bring things back it's like a puppy but this video is of these dogs at a competition and you see the first dog is this well-trained German shepherd. Uh, and they release it, and it has to walk this gauntlet of distractions. There's like food, play toys, chew toys. Oh, wow. You know, and its owner is at the other end, and it calls the dog, and the dog, this very disciplined German shepherd, like goes down the walkway and goes to its owner. And then they show another dog, and I don't remember what kind it is, but... You see a little bit of hesitation, like it wants to turn to the food, but it stays focused and goes to its owner. And then they have this golden retriever come up, and it like runs to the first chew toy, and then it runs over to this one, and it starts sniffing it and smelling it, and then it goes back to like the food back, and it's just completely lost. It's just chomp, chomp, chomp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, It cannot make it through one third of the thing, and it's absolutely hilarious. Yeah. But it's like without the ability to train our mind to stay focused on a particular thing for a particular time we're like that golden retriever we just kind of get lost yeah and i guess there's i guess part of me feels like the i don't want to be perfectly controlled like there's some part of me that's really reluctant to give up the like yeah i do act on impulse and i do like am attracted to this and so i move toward it and i don't i don't want to be 
I mean, this is like a bigger, this is a bigger question than just like how I teach or whatever, but like the idea of like total focus and train the impulse out of you. It's like, I don't want that. Like I want, I don't, those aren't staying, being focused doesn't mean you have to have, have no impulse. It just means that you, yeah, could, and you I, right. Right. Cause you could say, I'm going to keep my focus on honoring my impulse. It just means being able to have your attention rest where you're choosing to rest it, as mm-hmm. opposed to it getting pulled around and moving not under your own intention. Right. So you're either being like, so you're being ridden around, like driven around by it. Right. Yeah. It's like who's pulling the puppet strings. Right. Right. But the puppet strings are always being pulled. Yeah. And and I recently, I mean, I've started reading a book called The Illuminated Mind, I think. Um, and it's a, a advanced, more advanced book about meditation. And it says the very first thing you need to do is to develop your attention. And I realized since I've been reading this and trying to like, my attention is terrible still. You know, I mean, I teach my. What do you mean terrible? Like, I can't hold, I can't, if I sit down to meditate, I say, okay, well, I keep my attention on my breath. Five seconds, eight seconds. And I can bring it back and I can bring it back. I can bring it back. But it's like, it just, it's nowhere near where I'd like it to be. And according to this book, where it needs to be in order to reach the next levels of... Of what? Of awareness. And and ultimately, this book is talking about enlightenment or awakened hood. You know, oh. being, being fully present with life and at peace, creative peace with whatever is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? In order to get there, the first step is to develop this kind of focus. Yeah. To train the ability to stay present uh-huh. with your breath. Just that. Just stay right on it. Just stay on it. Stay yeah. with it. I am so far from that. So last time you talked about the way when you meditate, you let your mind go wherever it goes and you cultivate a physical stillness. Right. So is your attention shifting now? Like are you trying I'm, to cultivate I'm a mental trying stillness? To, I'm trying this a little bit different now. Yep. Yeah. And I still feel good about my ability to be physically still. Yeah. I'm, yep, I got that down. Yeah. But to get my mind, you know, really honed, I'm, I'm not there. And I haven't been on a longer retreat in a long time. Uh-huh. The times when I have gone on retreat and sat in silence for five days or three days or seven days completely changed my ability to do that. Mm-hmm. I could just sit there and be like, here I am. Yeah. And then I come home and I've got six months of Stuff. reward you know, of ability to be present uh, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's just like snap right into it. It's right there. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. So it's like, Oh, I'm back to being a beginner again. Yeah. You know. Which I guess is the thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, we think of, or I don't know, people often think of monks or experienced meditators as their mind never wanders. Well, no, it wanders. Yeah. So what do you do about it? How Beginner's do you... mind. I mean, be, right? Like you. Yeah. But to stay open to, I don't know how to do this. I don't know. The more you know, the more you know that you don't know. Yeah. And that's definitely true for me. Yeah. So I can speak with some clarity about what is mindfulness and what does it mean and how does it help and what are the benefits. And I am fully aware of how little I know about that practice. One moment. Lisa has gone into the kitchen. I would like to share with you a quote from a refrigerator magnet. 
that is this I, an Alan Watts quote? No, it's a Jack Kerouac quote. Okay. Coming, it comes from the Jack Kerouac or the Beatnik Museum in North Beach, by the way. North Which, Beach, San Francisco. North Beach, San Francisco. I've never been to the Beatnik Museum. I it's, have not. It's very small, but it has like kind of Kerouac, Ginsburg kind of like a history and okay. artifacts and whatever. Okay. He says, he's very handsome, a little picture of him on this magnet, says, I have nothing to offer anyone except my own confusion. Mm. Which I bought this because that's how I feel about improv. <laughs> and it's what you're talking about with mindfulness yeah. is like, man... You'd think, like, yeah, I guess, like, my hit rate has gone up for good shows since I started improvising, but, like, there is so much mystery to it I know. that makes me be like, who am I to teach anything? Who knows what makes this stuff work? I like, there's, I, yeah, we could talk about embodied environments and, like, really seeing your wares and, like, b b listening and reflect whatever, and you could do all those things and something is missing and so it doesn't work. It's does not mm -hmm. satisfying. You don't make a discovery, and I don't know why. Yeah. That attitude is so endearing for me, from my teachers. Because mm -hmm. clearly, in my mind, you are an expert at improv and at teaching improv. Yeah. And that you are able to, that you not only are able to have it, but that you actually, that's your experience, is I still don't know. It's like, my God, who That's knows? great. There's such a that's, a, that's the kind of humility I want in my teachers. Mm. I don't have the answer. Let's explore it together. Yeah. I'll tell you what I know. But that's not everything. Sounds kind of chaotic. I think we need a plan. <laughs> Let's go how, are we, how are we going to explore this? Let's go back to the plan. The three-point plan. Yeah. Three-point or five-point? Do we want five points? <laughs> Let's do five so we can take a break in we'll the middle. Do great. Great. But I just want to know when that break's going to be. Yeah, exactly. Let's plan it. Should I pee now? Okay. <laughs> you pee when you want to pee. All right. I think... Uh... <laughs> we should probably wrap up. How long is it? What, how, where are we at? Where we at? Where we at? It's one of my favorite Jennifer Hudson songs. Do you, have I ever told you about my Jennifer <laughs> Hudson crush? No. Oh, she. Okay, so we used to have this thing where it's like you had permission to have a crush on one oh, celebrity. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jennifer Hudson was mine. I don't know why. I think I saw her in a movie or something. Her voice. Oh my god, her voice. Incredible. And she put out an album, and the single on the album is called "Where You At." Mm-hmm. And so the chorus is "Where You At." Where are you at? Uh, you said you would be there for me. I don't sound anything like Jennifer Hudson. I think you sound just like Jennifer Hudson. Um, so we have to know where we at. Where we at. We I at, think we're at the end. Is what all we have to know. Oh, is that all we need to know? You don't want to know the time? I don't want to know the time. I'm not going to tell you. Don't we're, tell me. We're in the unfettered realm of we're in the moment. time-space continuum. I don't need to know where we're going or yeah. where we've come from. But we are close to the end. All right, great. My friends, uh, there you go. There's a little trip through chaos. For chaos, trip through. I, I would call it a romp through a chaos. Romp. Oh, a curious romp. A curious romp through the worlds of mindfulness and improvisation. Okay, well, uh, thanks for being with us, and uh, we'll see you next time, huh? See you next time. Heads up, it may be a while again because I'm going to Europe this time for a yeah. month. But we're hoping we can get some technology to work and yeah, figure we, it out. We shall see. That would be glorious. But uh, we missed you. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what we can do. We'll hope to do something soon. All right, thanks everybody. Till the next time. Good night. Okay. <laughs>
That's it, people. So there it was. There's our, our treatise on chaos. Treatise on chaos. Uh, we, we passed over the... <laughs> oh, no. This terrible word. We, the aborted episode from Germany and New York. Yeah. We, we put that in the trash heap, and we've given you this one instead. Yes. Yeah. And I... I and this, for me, embodies far more what I'm excited yep. about in this endeavor than, uh, than what our discarded story episode would have been. I agree. A lot more fun. A lot, yeah, just more like I didn't know exactly where it was going to go. That's and right. it, it, it wound up being about something slightly different than I was expecting. But it's what I, li- it's what I like. And I, Ted Demizon, hereby raise my right hand and solemnly swear. <laughs> I don't have a Bible? No. Uh, <laughs> no, that... You can put your hand on the MacBook. I'll put my hand on the MacBook. <laughs> uh, that I really prefer being in person with you. Me too. Oh my gosh, this is so much nicer. It's far better. Um, I want to give myself... So I am constantly in a state of wanting to meditate more. Mm-hmm. Like wanting to cultivate more stillness on a daily basis. Okay. And I want to make a commitment to you mm. and to our listeners at home. Uh, what should it be? To meditate every day? Sure. Every day. For 10 minutes. For 10 minutes. That's okay. That's a lot. You could do a tiny, a tiny commitment and just say you're gonna sit down okay. in a meditating position I'll me- every day. I'll meditate every day for some period of time. Just and yeah. I will not commit to the period of time. Get your butt on a cushion or whatever it is. Great. For a certain period of time. Because I'm interested in this question of stillness and chaos and how cultivating stillness can change my relationship to chaos. I'm, Love I want to explore that. So I look forward to reporting on that next time we okay. record. And so I get to hold you accountable for that. Yes. And now because you're doing that, I will do the same. Meditate every day. Yep. All right. Yep. How many days do you usually meditate? Oh boy, what an embarrassing question. <laughs> How many days do I think about it? No, not the question. No, it depends. Yeah. It depends. This past. But when you do, you sit for a long time, don't you? Like thirty minutes. <laughs> it doesn't feel like a long time to me. Um, I usually do like yoga for 20, 25, and yeah. I usually sit for twenty so to a half an hour. Usually, being what? Being how many? Well, days when I do it. Ah. Right. Some weeks twice in the week uh-huh. other weeks five times in the week okay. some weeks I don't at all yeah. and I don't like those weeks yeah. I'm not pleased with myself in those weeks Right. but you know we talked a little bit about accountability yeah. in the podcast so let's hold each other accountable that'd be this. great it doesn't well, have to be judgmental just I know you're going to ask me so I want to do right by you yeah great Great. And do right by our listeners. Yes. You listeners. I'm going to send you a little a celebratory bitmoji every time I meditate. Ooh, nice. That's fun, right? Yeah. i got to put a little reward on the end of that. Yeah, great. A little, uh, little carrot. Get ready for the celebratory bitmojis. little carrot-topped, red hair-topped carrot. Hey. Oh, we lost it. Or what's the pink... Mr. Messy. Mr. Messy. I'll find, I'll find you find a... Find a Mr. Messy emoji. Find you a little, a little picture of Mr. Messy. Okay. Yeah. I very much related to Mr. Messy. Hey, folks, if anything <laughs> intrigued you and you want to get in touch with us, you can write to info at monsterbabypodcast.com. We've gotten a few letters and appreciations, and it's so sweet to hear from you. Yeah, it's the best. And we still have spots left in our Labor Day Mindful Play Playful Mind Retreat, which is in Petaluma, Northern California. September 2 through 5. So if you're into it, you can check it out at animallearning.com, which is A-N-I-M-A-learning.com or (laughs) animalearning.com. 
Com, the best website to try to dictate over the radio. Yeah, she's learned that well. Uh, and yeah, we'd love to have you there. Three days, great food, beautiful place. Great people. So much fun, and uh, it won't be the same without you. So come That's on, right. come on along. That's right, it won't be the same without you. Uh, so great. Uh, on to the next one, and um, whatever that may be, we'll yeah. find out. I hope that your day is filled with just the right amount of chaos and order. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make room for both. All right, we love you. Bye bye. Ciao, ciao.